Hi, and welcome back to The K-Hole. I'm Mary Kay, and joining me this week is writer and illustrator Trevor Henderson. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it's, it's great to talk to you. I'm, I think I've followed your Twitter for, God, a while now. Um, I think that I was introduced to your work through um, a friend of mine named Gretchen Felker Martin. Ah, nice. Yeah, I love Gretchen and her writing. Um, uh, and her she's online presence. incredible writer. Yeah. I've had the privilege to edit a lot of her work. Oh, nice. Um, over the years, which is is really great. Um, it's funny. Like Twitter is is really funny to me because I'll, you know I'll I'll sometimes come across someone and we have a lot of people in common and. Yeah. Um, and I'll just, I'll just follow them uh, or I'll follow them back or whatever. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and then, you, you know, you don't necessarily do a deep dive into yeah. someone's work or, or who, what they're about. And um, when we were talking about doing the show um, a while ago, like last month or something, I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, I, I don't actually know that much about Trevor. I know that Trevor is really into horror and um, is an illustrator, but I don't know you know, all the details. Yeah. So I, I was searching around and I found one of my favorite Google suggested searches that I've ever seen for anyone, <laughs> which is when I search Trevor Henderson yeah. on Google, one of the drop down, you know, suggested result things that it gives you is, is Trevor Henderson a real person? Yeah. I noticed that actually. Yeah. Um, there the the way that the internet has kind of taken my characters and my work and like divorced them from me in a lot of ways as a as a person and a creative and a person who made them is really wild. Uh, so that does not surprise me at all, honestly. Yeah, it's um, I guess maybe the natural endpoint of this kind of not quite conspiracy, but like creepy pasta, like. Oh, totally. Layers within layers kind of thinking. Yeah. Um, when you start like putting out work that like even hints at like, oh, this is maybe this is real. Like maybe let's play a fun, spooky internet game where we pretend this is real. Then it, that the logical endpoint of that, I guess, is like, if it's real, then nobody made it. So you didn't make it. So it's not yours right. anymore. <laughs> so we own it. Yeah. It's, it's collectively owned. Now. Yeah. So now it's our stuff. You put it out there and you like posited it. Maybe it's a a real spooky tale. So um, we don't have to credit you ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can see how that could be really frustrating. Um, uh, yeah. A little bit sometimes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As an artist, it's, that's something that's so strange about being an artist online right now. Right. Is like yeah. you, it's easier than ever to, to have your, your work, you know, be seen by, oh, yeah, by thousands or millions of people. And at the same time, it's easier than ever for it to get away from you and just sort of get taken up and become its own thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, like with some of the monsters and, and spooky guys I've made like Siren Head, um, that's absolutely happened. And, you know, on one hand, it's super flattering that like a character I made up in 2018, just cause I thought it would like look cool in a photo. Like I wanted to see if I could, you know, match the lighting in a photo and draw like a spooky monster in there. And then two years later, like it got completely taken by the internet. And that's super, that's, that's amazing that it's the characters responded so well 
to so many different people. But you know, the flip side of that is that like it, it gets taken in a lot of directions that maybe you wouldn't want it to go. And um, maybe directions that you would want it. Like it, it's, it's been taken to a very silly place, that character in particular. Mm. Um, and at this point it's just kind of like, whatever, because it has to be like, I have to say whatever, because it's, yeah. it's so out there at this point. I'll just go on YouTube every, every like few weeks and just search siren head and do like a week, like the, what was posted in the last week or the last day. And honestly, I recommend everybody do that because it is some of the wildest, most mind boggling shit I've ever seen in my life. Like these um, algorithmically like designed videos where like a, a child who is painted green to be the, the Hulk is fighting like Siren Head and Iron Man oh, shows no. up and Cartoon Cat is fighting like Spider-Man. Uh, You've broken over into yeah. the, the AI generated kids content world. Yeah. And some of it seems like it's that really scary. I mean, that concept yeah. alone, like just talking about those videos, it scares the shit out of me. Those things. Yeah. Uh, they're super creepy. Um, but then also like there's ones that feel like those algorithm videos, but at the same time, like there are people acting in them and they're live action. So like somebody definitely designed this. So it's like, are they doing these short films um, mimicking the algorithmically designed AI like videos for more clicks and incorporating like monsters and stuff I made up? Um so I don't know what's going on over there. It's, it's, it's really weird. <laughs> I always feel like with those videos and then also with those like wiki hack or like life hack oh, videos yeah, on Instagram, yeah. I always feel like there's a computer somewhere that's just spitting out this ticker tape. That's like, okay, yeah. now stick a popsicle stick inside a balloon, fill it with glue, yeah. turn that upside down. And then people are just like, okay, okay, yeah, we'll do it. Oh, and absolutely. We'll do it. And it gets millions of, of likes and it's just like, that's the only way I can conceive of this making any kind of sense. Yeah. Like it's, a con it's like working in conjunction, like people who have this evil throbbing AI brain that's telling them like the most bizarre possible things to do. And, and they're just like performing for it basically to, to get the most money out of it. Um, which yeah, that, that totally tracks, I think. <laughs> yeah. But that I, I can't imagine that must be so strange because, you know, we, we talk, we think about, you know, people who have created, um, who have created characters. And I think in most of the 20th century, that was a pretty clear cut thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, someone like Jim Davis creates yeah. Garfield. Yeah. And that, that name is associated with that character. Everyone knows who Garfield is. Um, or like, you know, Walt Disney, Mickey Mouse, or even if you want to get into horror, um, you know, there's like iconic horror movie characters. Yeah. But there's something different about this like, class of of character that i feel like the first time i really saw it and it probably predates this but to me slender man is like always the one that i think back to of like yeah this this character that someone created that kind of passed into broad use but then also like you know it, it wasn't created for a movie or like for yeah. Oh yeah. Whatever. And it just sort of became its own thing where like people are like kind of acting like maybe this is real. Totally. Um, um I was on the I was I used to be on something awful forums a lot when I was younger. Yeah. Um I was never like a member or anything, but they had like lots of creepy passes stuff and like like scary spooky stuff like that. Um and I remember seeing that thread uh where Slender Man was first created, where they yeah. it was like an active pro, pro uh, an active um project between a, a bunch of different you know, goons on something awful 
to see if they could like create an urban legend and then manipulate some photos Mm -hmm. and then to see like the end point where that has gone uh, at this point is, is really um, disconcerting in some ways because you know uh, what happened with Slenderman, unfortunately uh, with the, the attempted murder with the kids. Um, And uh, you know, I think Eric Knudsen, who's the creator of Slenderman is mostly offline at this point. And I honestly cannot blame him in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely the first in my from in my memory, I think I'm sure there must be some earlier examples of, of stuff like that with like people faking photos and um, you know, it might go back all the way to like ghost uh, photo- ghost photography and like in the uh, Victorian times when seance is really right. The big. fairies and stuff like that. Too, yeah. Yeah. Right? The fairies as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's a rich tradition, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's on the one hand, it's, it's kind of really cool to see, like the power of human imagination and, and to create these oh, things. Oh, totally. And then on the other hand, to me, sometimes it can be kind of, yeah, kind of unsettling to realize like how quickly something can like diffuse into culture. And then the mm-hmm. fact that it was created by someone kind of gets lost or like, and that's frightening for a few different reasons. Like there's like, you know, the, the artistic like ownership and credit kind of angle, but also just yeah. like the, oh, wow, so much of the world is just people making things up. Yep. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You realize, yeah, everything is someone just making something up and then other people rolling with it and like giving it power and taking it into like if, it, if people really respond to it, like rolling with it and doing their own thing with it. And that is uh, honestly like really beautiful too. Like I'm, you know, there's the downside to it where you lose ownership but also like it really feels amazing that people know about siren head this monster i just made up and like i'm seeing it pop up in you know people in japan send me messages i get get messages all the time from people uh, especially kids um because that is not something one one thing i did not ever think would happen is that uh like siren head and cartoon cat and these other monsters are like so they're responding so well with kids. Um, wow. I get messages of thanks from like therapists and uh, parents like all around the world, like every day saying like, you know, I have a kid who's on the, spe- on the spectrum and he's very non-responsive and we've been working a long time to like, you know, get through to him and, and find something that he can really like, a, like latch onto and we can work with him. And like nothing worked until, you know, he found out about your monsters and now it's all he talks about. Um, which is obviously incredible. Like that, just to be able to make up a silly monster and then have it like actually positively benefit people's lives is, is so cool. Um, You know, there's a flip side to that too, where I, every once in a while I'll get a message saying like, our kid cannot sleep at night. He will not sleep at night. He needs to go to a therapist. Now Um, you, you scared the shit out of, we let him on the internet basically. And he saw a scary YouTube yeah. video where, where Spider-Man fought Siren Head. And now he oh, will never, <laughs> he'll never sleep again. Can you please, oh. please send a message saying like Siren Head is not real. So I always be like, I created Siren Head in 2018. Uh, it's absolutely not real. It cannot hurt you. It's not a real thing. Please, I, please. This is not what I want at all.
Siren Head in particular is this character you created in 2018. Yes. And, yeah. um, you know, then you, you move on, you're doing other stuff. Yeah. And so what happened with that? It was like, was it like a YouTuber that, that picked up a game that had, yeah, had exactly. That, had him in it. Yeah. What happened was in 2018, well, in 2018, I started doing these photo, like the ghost photo things that people really like because I was working right. retail and I would come home from work and be exhausted because retail is hell and it sucks your soul mm-hmm. out your your brain. Um, and I'd be like, oh, I, I don't have the energy to do full a full painting, but if I can start doing these, like I'll take photos on the way home, I can draw a ghost in there or a monster. And it'll be like character design practice and like lighting practice and color practice, but I won't have to do like the whole image. Um, right. And so I was just doing those every day. I was doing like two or three a day. And I did one with Siren Head in it. And then like a month or two went by, like, you know, the response was cool at first. Like people were like, oh, this is a good character. You should do more. And I moved on to drawing other stuff. Um, and then a friend of mine uh, was like, oh, can I just, or not, not even a friend, a mutual on, on Twitter was like, at the time, was like, can I just do like a little game demo of like a really simple level with the character? I really like the design. I was like, sure, why not? Um, so they did, and it's really cool. You can still get it. Um, just like this really simple like level with, with Siren Head where, you know, you're, investigating the woods and siren head shows up or whatever and then i didn't hear anything about it for like two years every once in a while i would do another siren head drawing um just kind of like drawing lines between images because it's really fun to do and just kind of like low-key make a universe kind of thing um and then april of last year right after my birthday actually um markiplier who is a very big uh let's player you uh game youtube person um played that game, that little level, and was like, basically, what, what the hell is Siren Head? This, is, this design is really cool. I've never heard of this character before. And like two days before that, or two days after that, somebody else on um, Instagram and TikTok, I forget his name off the top of my head, an animator basically made a little short, like 10 second clip of like a giant Siren Head in the distance over a city while like Air Raid Sirens pl- played. So those two things happened like within days of each other. And it blew up like what, like in like to, to a level I've never seen before, just from those two things working together. And then like you know, Market Player played it, so like every other big gaming mm-hmm. YouTube person was like, "Oh, what's this?" And they did their own reaction video to it, and it became like this chain reaction thing, um, and just became very big. And then the fan art became uh, constant over the next couple months. Um, you know, it's died down quite a bit now, obviously, because everything goes by really quickly on the internet and that's totally fine. Sure. Uh, but that was, that's my rambling way of saying that's how it happened. Market player played a video and then a, tic- <laughs> a TikTok guy made a, made a thing, an that's, animation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Like I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, like that kind of thing, because I was trying to figure out how this game, hello neighbor, which are you yeah. familiar with it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never played it, but I have read that, the first game had very poor reception Mm -hmm. and um, nevertheless it got a sequel and then there was an animated series and there are spinoffs. Whoa, there is? Wow. I had no idea. I knew there was, I only know about the game and I thought there was a sequel. I I had no idea. Um, It's become a huge franchise. And I was like, how did, how did this happen? Despite the fact that by all accounts, like I know people who have played it and they Mm -hmm. told me it's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) And it's because, you know, this formula pioneered by, I guess PewDiePie probably yeah. of a YouTuber playing a horror game became so popular with kids that yeah. 
someone happened to stream this game or or make a video about this game doing the you know re- overreacting kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. uh and then uh, that just created this huge chain reaction and again it's you know people doing things or people making things up like a youtuber picks up something and is like oh this is cool and like and then there's unfathomable consequences down the line like, yeah yeah i mean like someone playing uh you know a horror game and it's going out to like you know seven million people who who religiously check these uh you know these streams um that absolutely tracks i mean you're definitely going to get interest in like broadening the game into other types of media if you're getting that many eyes on even if it's you know through markiplier or jacksepticeye or one of those guys pewdiepie always with with the strange names yeah. jacksepticeye i've always that always struck me as very strange yeah it sounds and really he foul has a dark persona <laughs> actually those youtubers too like i there's something about horror i feel like that i mean i think kids have always loved monsters oh yeah kids, and i think you yeah. know that's always been a fascination um, Absolutely. And something about horror is like about kind of going back to this childhood feeling of, of insecurity but like now especially too like you know horror games are popular with youtubers but then also like youtubers will get these like evil personas sometimes yes you know i have this? noticed this yeah markiplier yeah. has has dark applier dark uh, which applier. is his dark persona and um I think he also has like a weird animated character that pops into his videos now as well. As well, I think oh. it's less Darkiplier and more like this weird animated sidekick that he animated. It, it's it's weird. Huh. I'm old and it's unfathomable to me in, in a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah, it's very very strange. But it's you know you'll I'll go on archive of our own and it's like yeah, oh, I've written <laughs> a lot of fan fiction about Antiseptic Eye, who is the evil persona of yeah. Jacksepticeye. Septic Eye. Darkiplier meets anti anti Septic Eye and uh, right Nega. PewDiePie or whatever shows up and then they fight. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. um, a lot of that. So <laughs> <laughs> like, it's almost like this kind of like mainstreaming. I don't know. I feel like we are in like a horror Renaissance in like a lot of ways. Oh, we absolutely are. Yeah. It's been, I mean, everything, every kind of media and every kind of like horror culture, I feel like, well, not everything, obviously. Cause there's, you know, I just feel like the crop that is yielding in the last year, couple of years is, is so um, bountiful in terms of like how much stuff there is for for consumption and how much of it is really good uh, yeah compared to a lot of you know years in the past well why do you why do you think that is like what why do you think it is about horror in certain moments that like resonates with people i don't know i feel like part of it at least is you know there's always been like that pushback by um the general public that horror is like a shameful thing or like something not to be acknowledged as um being worthy uh you know like the use of of if someone likes a horror movie it's not a horror movie it's a thriller um Mm, right i feel like um it's becoming a little bit more accepted as something that can be um acknowledged as of substance um despite it obviously of always being of substance more than a lot of other genres in my opinion uh you know, I think um, elevated horror, that term is another example of people trying to reckon with that idea that maybe haven't really, um, you know, liked or seen the worth in horror before. Uh, right. So there's that element of it, I think. Um, and maybe it's just an agno- more of an acknowledgement now more than ever that kids love horror and always have I've always loved horror and have always just like really enjoyed horror in every way. Um so maybe that's being seen as a really big thing that can be 
um, exploited more by like corporations and execs, you know, like the five nights at Freddy's mm. franchise is, is huge. Like there's tons of stuff for kids now. Um, whereas I think in the past it was like, you know, goosebumps obviously. And like, right. But then you had like, are you afraid of the dark and stuff like that? So maybe it's just a general, like loosening up of those kinds of ideas. I'm not sure though. Probably yeah. a lot, a lot of people who could speak to this in, in a, a more uh, analytical way than me. So you're Canadian, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Toronto. Yeah, I, I am. Um, I grew up around Toronto. So, oh, nice. Um, like, were were you into this stuff as a kid? Because I oh, remember yeah. very just. You brought up. Are you afraid of the dark? And yeah, I have very distinct memories of even just seeing the opening. Yeah. Of that show. The opening is so scary. Would, I would, I would leave the room yeah. or change the channel. And it's like, this is why TV, it's supposed to be for me. Why are they showing this stuff? Because it's so terrifying. And I can still remember episodes like the one about the chameleon that bites you. And then you turn into a chameleon or something. Yeah. There is an episode of that show that still scares the shit out of me. And it's, it wrecked me as a kid. Um, did you ever watch, uh, God, what they were called every Halloween. Um, did you ever watch YTV? Yes. Yeah. I grew yeah. up watching my TV. Why, they had wh- those Halloween marathons. Yeah. Shows and stuff. The like. name of them, the specific name of what they were called. Uh, what, I don't think it was just like Fright Night, but it was something similar. Like really. Escaped. It was like that. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I, I was all about those. And then one night, one Halloween, they had um, an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. And I think it was like it had just started like the previous year or whatever. So maybe I hadn't seen it in five episodes. But there's one called The Dead Man's Float that if anybody knows anything about Are You Afraid of the Dark, it, chances are they were traumatized by that one as a kid because it's about an invisible uh-huh. ghost in a pool that drowns kids in a swimming oh pool. My God. And you don't see the monster until the end. Um, and the kids use like a red dye and pour it into the pool. So it's not yeah. blood and gore, but it's just like a red dye. But when you see the ghost and because they use this red dye, it looks exactly like a flayed man. And it is the oh. most nightmarish god yeah it's horrible to look at it's like legitimately quite scary just because it's like this bloody red specter um that looks exactly like a a skinned man and it just wrecked me as a kid um but you know i loved all that stuff um i i I got into it at a really um young age because of my dad um because he was and is still like a humongous horror fan um he, he used to work like really early mornings, um, unloading trucks. And then he'd come home at like two or three in the morning and I would have school the next day at like seven or 8am and he would sneak upstairs, wake me up and we would sneak downstairs and watch like return of the living dead or, uh, absolutely graphic stuff like that. You should not have absolutely should not be showing to kids, but yeah, it was extremely fundamental to me and my interests. And, uh, it's the best thing he possibly could have done.
saw the movie Alien when I was very young. Oh yeah. And that just just I to this day I still am a little bit I've mostly gotten over it but well into my adulthood I couldn't yeah. even look at pictures of the xenomorph because I was so afraid of it. I would have nightmares about it constantly. Oh yeah, that tracks. <laughs> um I mean, yeah, so he did, you know, Giger did his job, you know, he was yeah. very good at it. Um but that's it's really interesting to me when I I meet people who had a childhood love of horror too because I came to it pretty late. Um, I would say I only came to it in the last couple of years. Oh, I cool. I was a very anxious kid, and then I just didn't see why people would watch movies that that terrified them. But yeah, um, like what were some of the things you know when you were growing up that like what were some of like your favorite monsters or your favorite like movies? Oh man, I mean i I was into a lot of different stuff. It was mostly eighties. I think for a lot of mm. people, it's the same thing. But a lot of eighties horror movies, you know, like I saw yeah. Evil, Evil Dead. It's very into Evil Dead too. Um, still am, but it's like I've seen it so many times that it's almost like a void right. in my memory. It's like I don't even think about it because, of course, Evil Dead too. Um, so I was really into that. Um, you know, I was a big Stephen King fan. I read it very young. Mm. Um, in terms of movies, though, yeah, mostly just like the really splattery eighties um, cycle of like really like gory body horror films like, uh, you know, reanimator and, um, fr- uh, fright night, which is, uh, a wonderful oh, movie. Classic. It's not a classic. Yeah. Not especially scary, but like, I love that one. Um, you know, I have distinct memories of watching the incredible melting man, which is, uh, you know, not an amazing movie, but the, the actual melting, which is the part that matters most is quite, mm. uh, wonderful. And that kind of scarred me as a kid. Um, oh yeah. And I was obsessed with this one very surreal moment from Lucio Falci's The Beyond when I was way, oh way god. too young to have seen that. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean that movie is that's a yeah. movie where spiders eat someone's face off. Yes, like pipe cleaner spiders like rip a dude's tongue out and then like bite his nostrils off and like puncture his eyeball. It's 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 awesome. Um but yeah, I saw it I saw all these very, very, very young. Uh yeah. And uh so I, I was kind of desensitized, I guess, to a, a fairly young age, except for Black Christmas, which scared me then and scares me now, and it will continue to scare me for the rest of my goddamn life. Oh my god, Black Christmas! Um, so no, I always get that movie confused with that. Is the the, the Canadian film? Yeah, right? about it, the slasher. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a proto kidder, Olivia Hussey. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It was shot like at the um, U of T campus, which is like. A ten, yes. minute, ten minute walk for me now. Um, right. I had friends in from Philadelphia once, and we did like a horror movie um, locations tour, and went to like the optometrist from Videodrome, and like the food court from oh, Scanners, right. and yeah. we went to the house from Black Christmas, which now is a gigantic fence all the way around it, so that people will not do specifically what we were there to do. Um, right. But yeah, you know, the, that one is uh, terrifying, and I'm very proud of that. It's like one of the few really, really amazing Canadian horror movies that isn't David Cronenberg. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, watching that movie was so strange because like I went to college at university of Toronto and so oh, like, yeah, they're, nice. they're walking around all of these, uh, these locations yeah. that are like, I'm just like, Oh wow. That's, I know exactly where they are. It almost made it, um, more frightening. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, it's like, if you can recognize the locations, it's, um, it really heightens the sure hope this, absolutely does not happen to me quality i think yeah <laughs> black christmas is like i feel like one of the things that makes that movie scarier 
is the fact that it isn't really supernatural. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. It's it's just oh yeah, no, like it's just a guy. And, it's just um, a guy. And that like I feel like almost there's something kind of kind of disarming about a lot of supernatural horror mm-hmm. in that it kind of lets you imagine being afraid of something that you know, when the lights are off and everything, it, it, you can suspend disbelief and sometimes you can't turn that off, right? Yeah. But um, but it's different than being afraid of, like, of some guy. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, like, it, it removes that one extra layer of, like, um, suspension of disbelief that you have to reckon with. Like, you don't, you can still get scared of ghosts and possessions and stuff like that. But there's that extra step you have to take to kind of, like, buy into it. The movie has to work for it that much more. But yeah. Black Christmas, that's just some guy. And he doesn't even get like, he doesn't even get like the iconography of like a Freddy Krueger or like a Michael Myers or any of that. Yeah. He's just this anonymous everyman that is just pants shittingly terrifying. Like he is the scariest guy. He's the scariest killer in film period to me. Yeah. Um, and I think actually Gretchen, you know, wrote about it. I remember reading, I think she did a great write up on it where she talks about how like by making him nobody, in that movie like you never see his face or anything you see an eyeball and a silhouette mm-hmm. and just that voice on the phone and uh, the rest is pov by making him everybody he can be anybody and he's everyone uh, it's just this like he becomes this like wall of dread that's just like draped over the entire film yeah. um, it's such a good movie and it's so scary and it's um actually super progressive for a slasher movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was from like 74 too, which yeah. is, is wild. Yeah. It predated everything except for like, you know, if you want to go back to like peeping Tom or something is like sure. the, the great granddad of the slasher film, um, psycho and all that. Um, but yeah. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I, all I knew was that I, uh, kept seeing his horrible eyeball in every door crack. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that really got me. Yeah. That, and what what is so scary about Black Christmas to me is that it just doesn't offer any oh my god explanation. Yeah. And I no. think you know a lot of people hated that movie for that reason because they're just like this is pointless. Oh, they're wrong. They're just to- they're just violence. wrong. And wrong you know, yeah, they're they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think it's interesting. Like in contrast, what draws a lot of people to horror, especially the creepy pasta type of horror of like yeah. the supernatural type, is it's pliability or its ability to be brought into these like fan kind of structures, right? Mm-hmm. Like of like, Oh, we can start a wiki of Trevor Henderson and, and all the things he's made. Yes. Um, and we can draw connections between them. And, and in a way maybe that makes things less scary. Oh, it absolutely it also, does. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, do you feel that tension sometimes of people, uh, of, of, you, you know, you're trying to create something that is like frightening or whatever. And then it becomes like, okay, well, how does it slot into like the mythos? Oh, totally. I mean, I've purposefully kept it pretty, pretty super vague. Like, um, you know, I, it's very purposeful that most of the the lore or, or whatever information I give about monsters that I make up is, you know, con- constrained to those um, 280 or so characters of the Twitter comment. Right. Um, just like really quick flash fiction. Um, because I think like the death of all, anything interesting or, or mysterious or scary or enigmatic is, is just like setting down, like here's where it lives. This is what it does. <laughs> this is where it yeah. came from. Um, you know, and that's part of what's been a little frustrating 
with with characters like Siren Head, especially when it really yeah. blew up, it kind of got like, you know, and I don't want to, I don't really don't want to make it seem like I don't appreciate how popular oh, no, this character has been. Like yeah. there's been the, the response has been insane. Like, like I'm not sorry, not insane, but wonderful. And, um, uh, you know, just the outpouring of fan art and everything. But like the other side of it is like feeling like kind of like this character that I purposefully kept really like any kind of explanation for why there's a giant skeleton in the woods with a siren for a head um, is going to be bad. Is going to be like right. not, not satisfying in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, it's just the fact that it's so out of place and, and so surreal. I think that is what gives it any kind of lasting um, impact or, or, or capacity to be scary. And I feel like when it got really popular, there was a big response to kind of be like, you know, where did this character come from? And even asking that question sort of wrecks it a little bit, I think. Um, you know, like I have a very vague idea myself of where it came from. Like, uh, so any kind of like hard cut and dry, like, you know, this was made in a lab or like this was, this is an interdimensional um, monster that slipped through into our world or anything you could possibly say is not going to do the character any service. Um, uh, yeah. And I think that pretty much applies to every monster I've made up um, except for like a few notable exceptions where I'm actually trying to develop them more um, as characters that have like a backstory and a narrative and whatnot. Yeah. I, um, I was thinking about that kind of desire to like fill in the blanks, like to have no blank space to sort of like yeah. chart out how and why things happen the other day, because I watched uh, Highlander for the first time since I was a kid. Still and seen that. It's a very strange movie. It um, seems it. <laughs> it's, it's basically a two hour music video about immortal guys fighting each other with swords. And like, it's, it I think it's a, I, I think it's a really good action movie. And, um, Russell Mulcahy, who basically invented the eighties music video directed mm-hmm. it and it, and it shows, but it's such a weird concept and it didn't do very well at the box office, but then there is a Highlander franchise that came out of it. There are sequels. There yep. was a TV show. There was a cartoon. cartoon. Um, wow. I knew there was TV, a TV series. I remember that. Um, and, yeah. and sequels. Wow. Cartoon. And, and it's the kind of thing where like, it's, it's a franchise that obviously is not nearly as popular as, you know, something like Marvel or, or Ghostbusters or, or Pokemon, yeah. or whatever, but like, but you know, you, you go to these Wikipedia articles and you see people like it's, do you ever have that sensation of you're reading something on Wikipedia and you're like, Oh, one guy wrote this because I can tell mm-hmm. that the writing style is, and he's, he's concerned with various specific things. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's so wild to me how much of modern culture and pop culture is based on people trying to decode or expand upon things that some guys made up in the eighties when they were just doing a lot of cocaine and needed mm-hmm. to pay off, pay off their house or pay down their, their car or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they're like, what if there was a guy who could never die and he lived forever and then had sword fights? Um, yeah. Box office gold. And now it's like, let's learn. Uh, like I need to know this, his family history. Why, why can't they die? Like yeah. why? Yeah. What made them become immortals? And I need to know this now immediately. Right. Like, or, or I will never be satisfied. Um, yeah, I feel just guys self-defeating a lot of the time. Honestly, I feel like yeah, I feel like 
you know, the unknown is, is really cool and you should embrace that. I think like if you are born into a society that basically where like common sense is basically that like oh science has pretty much figured things out and we basically pretty much know how the world works even yeah. if like you don't personally then you want to you're like you know led to believe that there is a reason right. for everything and that you can understand that reason and if you don't yet it's just a matter of time and so like that the kind of wikification of those things kind of makes sense to me in that context of like oh yeah we're coming from a very specific moment in history and culture when like we believe that we've discovered a process that will naturally unfold all of the secrets of the universe so yeah. of course we can know why people are immortal in highland <laughs> or something because that's just something some guy made up yeah that that absolutely makes sense um and i i personally hope that there's some you know um, you know mysteries are fun um i hope that there's some stuff that will remain a mystery and uh i'm sure there is lots of things like that and the impulse to to hammer out any kind of like intrigue or like um it's just kind of like the death of fun and the death of anything being really scary i think mm. um so it's kind of poison to horror i think for the most part I don't, I can't think of too many things that were scarier once they were explained or even expanded upon in significant ways. So I've really right. tried, it's kind of a type, a tightrope to walk because there is that, like you said, a very clear demand for that kind of thing. And if you don't provide it, um, somebody will, and right. yeah. then that will not be maybe, um, what you would have had in mind in the first place. Um, like that, you know, the wiki you mentioned, the, the Trevor Henderson wiki uh, exists and I didn't do any of it <laughs> at all. Yeah, no, I, I assumed you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't done a single thing on it. I haven't really checked it out. So um, I think most of what's on there might be from stuff I've actually written on Twitter when I post the images or Instagram, but mm. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff on there about characters that I made up that I have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, every once in a while I'll get like an email from like, uh, you know, a kid or, or not even a kid, somebody else um, being like, you know, how did you come up with the, um, the Long Island highway, uh, rock snake? And I'm like, I did not make that up. That is something that <laughs> someone saw well, some other monster I did and then decided like, Oh, what if he had like, you know, a whole species and then yeah. I'm going to make up characters from that species. And then what if they had an enemy, this other species? Uh. And so it becomes this like whole te chain telephone thing where like people are, yeah. Uh, you know, attributing stuff to me that I have never even heard of in my life. Honestly, it's just baffling. Um, right. Like, you know, I get, I get people emailing me about the music I create. I, I don't create any music. <laughs> um, and it's because people are making up songs about monsters that I made years ago and then posting them. And it looks like I'm a musician now. And I'm not a musician. Right. And that happens in a, a, a bunch of different ways. And it's just very confusing sometimes. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I I remember, you know, on the in the early days of file sharing on something like Napster or LimeWire, you would find all these songs that were like Yeah. Um, attributed to Weird Al. Um, or to read to system like Zelda system of a down or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it was like, well, no, it's like someone doing something in the style of this person or whatever. And then people just assume it is, is by this person or whatever. And again, like that's something that, that I imagine doesn't really happen to people who are like, I, I, I wrote or created a movie with yeah. this guy in it. Um, it's different. Like when you have a kind of container, I think for, these characters that you're creating because that's where they live. And like, it's pretty clear that absolutely. You made that thing. Yeah. But when you're just sort of, um, you know, creating these concepts and, and these characters and ideas, it's, it's like a little leakier, right? It totally is. Really yeah. Like, tell where the seams are. Yeah, totally. I'm just kind of hucking these, these things out there onto like social media <laughs> feeds um, and being like, I, you know, like, here's a thing I thought up and, uh, that's kind of the end of it for now. And, you know, th- if there's no greater narrative, which there isn't for, you know, everything I've made up, um, then you're, you're right. It becomes very uh, loosey goosey in terms of uh, where did this come from and what aspect of this thing was that person and wasn't. Um, whereas like, nobody's going to say like Freddy Krueger was made up on a forum. Like, cause he had, you have the, you have the franchise and you have all the branding and you have all this other stuff to further like hammer it down and cement it as like, um, as what this character is and what it means and what it stands for and who made it and who wrote it and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so it, it does become trickier. The internet's really weird like that. Uh, I, I should really focus on some narrative stuff so I can really like do something with these characters and, uh, <laughs> and make it so they're from a thing I think um, might be helpful in the future. I mean, I think part of the magic is, is just creating something and throwing it into the world and then, and then seeing the ways that people take it up and run with it. Like, that Oh, is, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, you know, it's pros and cons, I guess of, of both, but yeah, um, the way I w- I've been saying it for the, w- for the last while, and I don't really say it that way anymore. It was just been like, you know, credit me and please don't make money off of it without, you know, consulting me. Um, right. but that, you know, has gone in a lot of directions and, um, you know, like I just got, I just found out, the other day that in Japan there's like a book of urban legends with like different artists doing different interpretations. And it's a published book, uh, in a series, just like three or four volumes and siren heads in there. And oh. I, I never heard about it, um, until it was huh. pointed out to me and the description, it, even the description of it is like, Oh, this is an urban legend made up by a Canadian illustrator period. Uh, and then, huh. pe- then people started seeing it for real. And now we don't know whether it's real or fake. And I'm like, that's cool. But I definitely did. I definitely did draw it. You you did make that up. I did make that man up. I did make the character up in 2018. And that's so Um, strange. (laughs) And that happens constantly. Like the biggest thing, and it's impossible to get rid of because they pop up like daily is um, stuffed animals of, of Mm. siren head and cartoon cat. And I, yeah. Yeah. And I'll get, I'll get photos people are sending to me over DMS and Twitter and, or email. And they're just like a mall in Wisconsin or a mall in Ohio <laughs> of a kiosk in like some dirt mall somewhere that's just loaded up with cartoon cat and siren head plush dolls. And they're like, you should do something about this. 
and I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do about a kiosk in like Wisconsin um, right. from Toronto. And it's all over the internet as well. And like, you know, if you like all over Amazon, they're on Walmart now, the Walmart site, like everywhere. And you, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll strike one down and three more will pop up because they're all a manufacturer overseas um, using just like the equivalent of, you know, um, you know, Twitter accounts that you make with like a million numbers after the, after their name, um, just, just to put these out there. Um, but it happens constantly and there's nothing I can do about it at this point. So I'm just kind of like, I just kind of ignore it more than anything, but uh, hopefully I'll be able to get actual products out at some point that are (laughs) are official and I'll actually see like a percentage of in some capacity. Yeah, that would, that would be good. I, That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah I would like to Because I think that. probably people don't realize that. No, no. Yeah, they absolutely do they, not. Like They probably just assume that like, oh, there's this thing for sale. It's, I assume yeah. the person who made it is getting yeah. credit or, and profit from this. But. And the worst thing is that they suck. Like they're not cool yeah. products at all. Um, there have been some products that are totally unlicensed, uh, but they're like actually cool to look at. Like um, there's, a, there's a company that sells like uh, Siren Head and Cartoon Cat figures. Um but they're like one person making them in Russia and they're selling mm-hmm. them for like 60 a piece. So like, I don't care. It's fine. And they sent me yeah. one. They sent me a, I have one on my desk. So I'm like, that's cool. Um, the coolest one that I've seen um, that is absolutely ripping me off and they will not respond to any kind of emails or phone or anything like that. But I, I absolutely do want the product is like a giant siren head Halloween mask, like latex Halloween mask, Oh um, wow! which is really cool, but they have a history of like doing that with internet. Stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, I hate you. But also can I get, can I get one of those? That would be really, <laughs> really I love, cool. I love your product. Also, please cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those two, the two wolves inside. Me, right. right. Yeah. Um, but it's also just like sick that there's a Halloween mask of a monster I made up. That's like really cool and great. That is very cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's, a, there's, it's really weird and confusing and the internet is strange in terms yeah. of just feeling kind of like entitled to stuff sometimes. Um, so I, I, it's a mixed bag of feelings. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, yeah, it's, it's very strange. Um, I, I think this is a, I think that's come up a lot Yeah. with uh, some people I've, I've spoken to recently, just, being a person on the internet, especially if you've been online for most of your life for, you know, for, you know, the last like 20 years or something. Yeah. Um, and you've sort of grown up alongside it and sort of seen all these changes happen. Yeah. I, I can't imagine like being, being a kid who has grown up with, you know, with smartphones and like with, Oh my God, uh, I can't even sort of imagine a centralized it. internet their whole life because that was so not my experience. And you, you were talking about the something awful forums before. Yeah. And, uh, that, you know, things like that still exist, but they just, I feel like so much of the internet has become this centralized place over like five or six websites. And oh, it absolutely has. Yeah. Like there's no more, um, you know, blogs or anything like that, or even personal sites. I don't go on any personal sites, really. Anybody's yeah. Per- yeah. It's like all, all of it is Twitter and Instagram and that's basically, yeah. basically it. Um, and I can't imagine growing up with that. I thought something awful was harmful, but like, compared to the the algorithmic algorithmically generated nightmares on YouTube um, it's it's nothing in terms of brain poison uh, I would <laughs> if I had a kid oh my god I would you know it's a it's a losing battle and I wouldn't want to keep internet away from them but at the same time I wouldn't want them watching YouTube videos like that ever especially yeah, if they're really young I feel like I would rather my kid watch really gruesome horror movies oh, yeah. than 
hundred percent those kinds of Elsa Spider-Man. I feel like they would develop some kind of complex from those. And also just like, yes. you know, they'd have this kind of these brand recognitions built into them so early. Yeah. It honestly, out of a lot of the content on the internet, those feel so insidious and like outright, they just radiate evil to me in a yeah. way that is um, so cynical and so like bleak. And so like, they just feel like they're brain poison. I really yeah. don't like them at all. Sometimes I wonder, okay, am I just old and I just don't understand these things anymore? But then there are certain aspects of the modern internet that I think are really cool. Like I look at something like um, like Vine or TikTok and I see the oh, ways yeah. that people use these short formats. And it's like, that's brilliant. Like you're doing genius filmmaking work in this micro format. Yep. And then I see those kids videos and I'm like, this just makes me feel like, or just like the, you know, the things that are like, we're opening surprise eggs and it's like these like fake kinder eggs with yep. toys inside of them. And it's like, this is just seems like content that is like, it's ostensibly for children, but this seems like it's for aliens. Like it doesn't seem like yeah. it's for human beings. It's funny you bring up that, that we found like we found an egg in the woods kind of thing. Like that's a yeah. whole other, there's a whole siren head. One of those too, where like wow. a whole family, like you can tell it's the mom and the dad and the little kid being like, filming themselves and be like, we, we went in the woods and we found a baby siren head and we're going to raise it in our home. And they have like a little puppet. What? A li- yeah. I, I cannot even touch upon the weird shit I've seen. It is, in, it is out of control. Um, you know, like we found this baby siren head in the woods and it's a little puppet. And then it's them like pretending to feed it and filming like a little video of them, like putting a diaper on it and stuff. What? And, yeah, I, I've seen um, uh, Siren Head, uh, uh, you know, hentai. There's Siren Head. Oh, uh, my God. Oh, there's tons of that. Yeah, Cartoon Cat and Siren Head adult art. Um, okay, yeah, let me just real quick. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so Rule34.xxx, mm-hmm, Siren mm-hmm. Head, uh, 40. 40 hits for that. 40? Wow, it's gone up since I checked last. That's great. Um, cartoon Cat, 33 for Cartoon Cat. I think it'd be the other way around. Honestly, I thought I thought there'd be more cartoons. These all a lot of these do seem to mostly be by the same person, though. Oh, so okay. Just and that's you know that's something too that's interesting about creating characters is like okay, so someone is definitely going to like you know develop some kind of like fixation on this character, right? And that happens yeah. regardless of you know um, yeah. people develop fixations on like Mickey Mouse's hands and things. It's just something that yep. will happen. Like, yeah, someone's, someone in 30 years is going to be like feeling re- like 10 years or 20 years is going to feel real weird. Just looking at like megaphones and yeah. um, alarm systems and, and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that's totally my fault. And I have I put that into the world and I have to just reckon with that. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just part of, of creating art. Yeah. I feel like in, in the 21st century is just like that. People totally. are going to take things and run with them and, you know, you, you do your best and you, you create things that feel interesting or meaningful to you. And yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, when Siren had kind of first blew up um, last year, I, uh, you know, I tried to rest control back in a very misguided mm. attempt, um, you know, by striking some videos and stuff. And that is absolutely not the way to do that uh, because it just turned a lot of people against me who are fans of that particular person. Um, so now I've just kind of like, let, I let it go and I just accept it. It's part of the internet and um, you put it out in the world 
And you're lucky if people respond to it, which I have been lucky in that way that I, I made a character that people really like for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and then the rest is just, it comes with it. And that's being on the internet and being a creative person on the internet in this hell, uh, I mean, <laughs> in this uh, could, yeah timeline. <laughs> it could be much, much worse. It could be. Yeah. Hey, no one's using well, maybe someone is, but it, not to the same degree as as Pepe. No one's using Siren Head to oh promote my God. race hate or or anything oh. like that. So D- it is cross. I think about it all the time uh, about what could potentially happen if the wrong uh, reprehensible people decide, like, let's use um, this monster that is in all these kids' videos to be like uh, right wing nationalism or like any number of things that I find despicable and evil and horrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was that documentary that came out last year. Feels good, man. Um, yep. About Matt Fury, basically just trying to reckon with that. And that's unimaginable to have created this character. I can't even just imagine. This harmless guy who likes to pee with his pants <laughs> all the way yeah. down because it feels it's, good, man. Um, just a cool frog. And, and now then, it's <laughs> tied up with all this shit. Yeah. It's bizarre. Just, yeah. just a bizarre landscape. I'm glad uh, he was able to make that documentary to be like, kind of like, um, yeah. you know, do a little bit towards reclaiming that character in some way, or at least clearing the air about that character, I guess. Um, I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. There's a lot. It's a lot, a lot happening. Um, and I'm hoping that in the future I'll be able to, I'm working on some stuff that I'm hoping that will like cement those characters a little more with like mm. narr- with a narrative and f- with actual like um, uh, vessels that will contain them a little more. So they're not seeping all over the internet and making everything all gross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think some seepage from now, now and again is, is kind of interesting and fun. Yeah. But, uh, especially but yeah, with no, something like this. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially with um with this where it's kind of designed, like I said, to be like, kind of like we found this spooky photo in the woods or whatever, you know, you want a little bit of that, but also, you know, credit me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you take one thing away from this. Yeah. Let it be that. Artists love it when you credit them and it's so simple and good. so much for, for coming on this was uh it was yeah. really cool getting to talk to you um yeah same I imagine a um majority of people who listen to the show already follow your work but would you like to tell people where they can find you online oh yeah um yeah i'm uh i'm slimy swamp ghost on twitter uh incredible then, username thank you yeah i'm glad that i picked that and liked it and i still like it because i can't really change it now at all um <laughs> And then on Instagram, because I didn't know how to set up an Instagram when I made it, it's it's my name. It's just Trevor Henderson, all one mm. word. Um, yeah, and, and uh, mostly Instagram is just art. So if you want to just see the art and not see my other bullshit, go on Instagram. Um, but Twitter, I like recommend movies and post stupid idiot shit and um, a bunch of other crap uh, alongside the art. So, you know, whichever 
version you want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and thank you so much. This has been really, really cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, and um, I will see the rest of you next time. The K-Hole is... Hypersleep wake-up protocols activated. All right, Jordo, who's my next guest? Your, uh, next guest? Oh, I, I see. Temporary confusion is a normal side effect of hypersleep. Uh, <laughs> what? You are on board the orbital station listening post J3. You're not making any sense. Orbiting what? Why, Jupiter, of course. 